Welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In, episode 28. Mike, what do you think of 28? Nolan Arenado. Got to stick with the Cuban-American? Got to stick with him. 28. <laughs> Had a great World Baseball Classic. Amazing. Great Amazing. year, 2022. Oh, yeah. And he's probably going to have a, another kick-ass year, 2023. I think so. A lot of people sleeping on the Cardinals. A lot of people. But we'll see, eh? Opening day tomorrow. Yep. We're going to talk a little bit uh, opening day. We're going to give our, our predictions as well. We have a very special guest, but let's start by giving a big shout out to Sammy Love for the intro music, Evil Love Music on Instagram, guitarist for Radio Stereo, and also brought to you by Diamond Dreams Miami Academy. We are here. Like I said last time, we've uh, registrations open for our rookie program, beginners ages four to six. Want to get you in now, train you throughout the summer, put you on a team in July, get you playing in August. Let's go. Yeah, and I'm excited for our first uh, coach pitch game this Saturday. It's going to be fun, the little conversion T-ball to coach pitch. I might warm up a little bit. I think BB's going to take there over, you, you know, and pitch. Nothing like being able to make the rules, huh? Nothing like me being able to make the rules and change I was, it. I was telling some of the parents today, I'm like, hey, you know what? What if I throw a no-hitter against my own team? <laughs> 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 I don't want to do that. That's not a good no-hitter. They might hear about it on episode 29. That happens. Mr. No-Hitter, <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Somebody told me, Armando, I hear the podcast. I love it. You guys should do an episode all about Nolan Ryan. We, we can. And and that was a friend of mine, Camilo, and he, and he was telling me stories of when he, he interviewed Nolan Ryan. And, dude, that guy was a legend. No Cy Youngs? No Cy Youngs, seven no-hitters. No seven Cy no Youngs, man. And, and he beat up uh, Robin Ventura. Beat him up did. pretty good. Beat them up real nice. <laughs> real nice. <laughs> real, real nice. And also brought to you by me, Armando Alvarez, realtor. Um, you're going to sell, buy, need some advice, let me know. Uh, and if you go to DD Park, I want Always left watching. Left center field. Always watching. Eyes are on you. <laughs> it was funny because when, when you brought in um, Albert Damayo into the coaches chat, and, you know, I everybody was like, oh, hi, I'm Michelle. I am I'm Bela, and I'm... Like, hey, it's Armando Alvarez. He goes, of course, man. I see you all the time there in left center field. Keep an eye I knew the, it was Armando. Keep an eye on the property. Keep an eye on the league scouting. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Love it. Appreciate it. But big time uh, guest tonight, Michael Maulini, MLB agent with Wasserman. Also Diamond Dreams dad. Yes, sir. And I found out he's a huge boxing fan, man. So this guy, I, I love so him already. Happy to be here with you guys. Uh, Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Is this your first one, podcast? Yes, yes, sir. Oh, we love that. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been asked a lot, but I've never done it. Good, man. We're glad you're here. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having and me. And we got plenty of baseball stuff to ask you, but I, I got to ask you about, you know, I, I saw a picture of you with the, the money team hat. How many fights have you been to in, in Vegas? Uh, probably about 34 fights already. It'll be my 35th now, April 22nd. Ryan Garcia and Tank. That's so, a huge fight. Yep. I may have to bring somebody to talk about that fight <laughs> on, our, on our podcast. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big boxing guy, like I, like I told you. And, and as soon as I saw that picture, I go, Mike, I like this guy. Right <laughs> yeah. It's funny because um, I just remodeled my kitchen. And then we bought another little refrigerator for this little room that I have. Mm -hmm. And I have a, it's a multi-purpose room. Washer, dryer, but it also has all my memorabilia. And I have a bunch of fight posters. And my wife told me that when the guys came from Best Buy, they're like, venga, acá, pero esto que, de quien es tu esposo? Sí, sí. And he goes, pero es pariente de Mayweather. <laughs> okay, porque todos los esposos de Mayweather. I have Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather Canelo, Mayweather uh, Coto, awesome. Mayweather Maidana. And I'm like, no, oh, just... 
big Mayweather fan, awesome. big boxing fan, you know? Um, you know, what I liked was before we started, you know, we talked, we got to know each other a little better, but you guys were at like 20 of the same events, man. And you guys <laughs> didn't crazy. even know each it's other. Crazy. Like for the yeah. last 20 years, you guys have been at the same events. Walking you through just the talked MGM about Grand. the same stories, the same. And it's funny, man. Now you meet today. That's pretty cool. It is. I like that. Small Sports. World. Sports. Yeah, no. And, and look, Mikey was saying, you know, he, um, he goes to a lot of fights. He's met a lot of boxers too. Dude, there's, th these guys get paid to, kick each other's ass mm -hmm. basically and there's some of the nicest athletes you'll ever meet and i think it's because dude once like tyson said you know once you get punched in the face you kind of <laughs> get humbled so i i think that adds to them being so personable and such good dudes outside the ring right they are and it's 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 crazy what you're saying armando because i've had that experience with them you walk up to them and they're so easy to greet and talk and take pictures so it's it's pretty impressive that they act that way and we'll get to baseball, but one more thing. I remember interviewing Bernard Hopkins many times, and I would just tell him, Bernard, how's it going? And I could just sit back. The guy talks for an hour. He does. He loves to an talk. Hour. Yeah, he does. He does yeah. everything you wanted to know. Like, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. All right, interview's over. That's you ask awesome, him, like, bro. one or two questions. Like, the guy, fantastic. Yeah, he, he talks a lot. <laughs> the executioner. <laughs> but, man, um, so you, you're a baseball agent, 20... 24 years, 20? I just finished my 24th spring training wow. yesterday. Wow. Yep. And, and we'll talk about your work as an agent, but how did your baseball story begin? Because everybody has a story of when they fell in love with the game. Man, my story, my personal life is completely different than the regular person. I grew up in a very rough neighborhood in Little Havana, Alamary Park. Um, came here to this country. My mom had a car, car accident when I was real young. And all I knew was baseball. My grandfather played baseball in Cuba, and I think that was in my in my genes. And I, the minute I touched the ball, it's I owe baseball my life because it took me out of the you know the hood, the gangs. Um, so baseball started as a young age in Little Alamary Park, Vicente Lopez, my my first coach, and then from there I ended up with at Jackson with uh, Coach Manny Mantrana, who passed away. God rest great his soul. Great coach, great coach. And then I was lucky enough to. He sent me to go, you know, day with Coach Hertz. Wasn't able to play academically. I was ineligible. I wasn't a good student, but I kept fighting. Uh, and then I ended up at Barry University and played there for four years, graduated from there, and started in the business right after I graduated in 98. Joe Kuh was hired me, and a couple of years later, I was recruited by other firms. So this is my life, baseball. I owe it all, all, all to baseball. That's awesome. What a life, huh? Yeah. What a life. What yeah. a blessing. Mm -hmm. Mikey, you're... You went to Jackson. Yep. Jackson High. From there, you General, went. Green and Gold, baby. And I know that you're still involved a little bit. I know that you mm -hmm. kind of, on, on your social media, you kind yeah. of still support and stuff yeah. like that. And I see you, like, still heavily involved over at Miami-Dade. Mm -hmm. You're always in the mix there. Yep. How does that feel, man? I just love to give back. I mean, I've been blessed because, to me, this is not a job. This is my dream. Like, I went to school to become a baseball agent. So I live my dream every day. And I always love, love to give back. I, you know, I do a lot of things for the community that I don't like to talk about because it's just I do it out of my uh, heart. For you. Yeah. And I've been blessed to have clients that are, you know, considered family that also are behind me that help me do all these things for these wonderful schools and coaches and, you know, donate equipment. Of course. You know, whatever yeah. we need to do, we, we try to do. Nothing like helping others. No, absolutely. You know? And, you know, when you were younger, falling in love with baseball, who was your favorite team growing up? The Yankees. Me too. 
Yeah. <laughs> remember, <laughs> we, had that, we had that one channel, you remember? So I was, yeah. that, I was a huge Yankee fan. Holy cow, Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yep. Yeah, no, and, and uh, Miami Stadium was right there. Yes, Anytime the, go, yep. the Yankees would play the Orioles, right. I would go see. I'm, I'm a big Mattingly fan. Yeah. So, My favorite player. Yeah, me There too. you go. 20, 23. 23, baby. It's funny. Um, there's, a, there's a client I'm working with right now that they're buying a condo in Aventura mm -hmm. from Houston. We sent an offer for unit 2908. Uh, we almost had a deal. And at the end, like they, they hesitated a bit on a counter offer. And by the time I called the agent, like they took too long. We took another one. Okay, cool. Let's see the other unit. So I sent them one and I'm like, this one looks good. And I think this might be the one. It was 2301. So you know. the 23 was in there. I'm <laughs> like, right. this is the one. That's that's Matting. If it would have been 2302, for sure would have been a deal because I, I love Derek Jeter too. There you go. That would have been a nice combo. <laughs> but, um, you know, but going back to what Mike was asking you about, you know, Jackson and high school and all that, you know, you, 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 played, you played high school ball. How do you think high school baseball and baseball overall, right, has changed at that level from when you played to, to now? To where you're scouting now, yeah. Well, let's just start with there's so many schools with the charters, with the private schools. A ton. A ton. The talent is completely diluted. So when we were playing in high school baseball, you were not going to play as a freshman. You were not going to play as a sophomore. You had to wait your junior and sometimes your senior year to play because you had guys that were you know, stacked. older, stacked. And you, and you were stacked. Yeah, you were stacked. So we didn't have what, we, what these kids have now, that if you're a freshman – and you're not playing, you're going to another school. Right. We don't have that. We, you have to actually go out and compete and win that job. So that's the biggest difference from my era to what I see now. There's too many schools, talents, you know, kids want to play right away. It's I agree 100%, man. Look, when I went to Braddock, freshman, sophomore year, you know you were on JV. Mm -hmm. You were on junior varsity. And if you were a horse at the end of your sophomore year, oh, yeah, they brought you up get to three or four wet. games. Get, get your, your feet wet. wet, get you ready for your junior, senior year. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And there's always those couple juniors that stay black to play JV, but this is too many schools. And like you said, oh, my son's not going to play as a freshman. Oh, and then you end up going to see these games, Mike. And I mean, I remember when I was, when I, when I was watching games, like some of these teams were just one or two players and the rest of the team sucked. It's horrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like 6A before was, you know, you had Southwest, you had Crow Gables, you had Sunset, you had, you know, I don't know if Braddock was in that mix, but Columbus. Columbus. How many A's are there now? Oh, no, now it's, uh, <laughs> there's a million. There's a whole bunch of A's. You know, and you go to the state championships and, you know, it's it's, it's diluted, man. It's, it's a different it era. Be, Definitely. It's know? different. Um, the talent, the makeup, the culture, everything's changed. You know, times change, people change, and the baseball world has changed. Of course. No, and, and of course, you know, every every era, I, I feel like it changes. You know, like we think very differently than kids mm -hmm. who are like 18, 22 years old. And, you know, and and going back to when you were that age, maybe even a, a, a bit younger, people have dreams of becoming a baseball player, you know, doing stuff like that. You wanted to become an MLB agent. When, when did that come in? to your head that you're like man this is what i want to do this well, is my dream i mean honestly i looked at myself in the mirror i'm five foot six nobody's gonna take a chance on me so i wanted to do something with my life that i would impact other people and in the baseball world after i graduated barry i got offers to go work for teams and i didn't want to do that i wanted to help young men and their families 
educate them and make the right choices, whether you're going to sign out of high school, go play pro ball or not. I wanted to help make that difference in people's lives. So right away when I got to Barry, which was a blessing, I love that university. I, I mean, I owe them my life. Like I told you, baseball and Barry were huge for me. Um, I knew right away what I wanted to do. And this is what I wanted to do. And this is what I'm doing. Awesome. No, dude, that's... A blessing, huh? That's, that's a blessing, great. blessing, bro. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And take us to the process of how does one become a, a professional sports agent? You know, like going to school, making the right contacts. You mentioned you, you started working for Joe Gouas. So let me tell you how I started. Um, so going into my senior year at Barry, um, I... Looked up in the yellow pages. I don't know if people know what the yellow pages <laughs> are. And it was a big book. Big yellow book. A through L and then... M and I just found... <laughs> dropped off on your front doorstep. Yep. And I just found as many agencies that I can find. Like in Dana Cuckoo Clock. The going up. And what I did was I wrote... I got an envelope with a stamp and I wrote, I'm graduating, Barry. I would love to be a free, uh, you know, an agent. Will you consider me? And I sent my resume to every agency you could imagine with a return envelope back with a stamp. So I did that my senior year in Barry. I sent out like 60. I got one response. It was Joe Kubas. Nice. So Joe Kubas to me was someone important in my career because he got me, he, he gave me the opportunity. He opened the door for you. He man. opened the door um, that we didn't work together for a long time. That's, you know, that's something completely different, but he opened the door. He taught me. He put me in... Life experience with El Duque, Danny Baez, Rolando Arrojo, all those guys exposed me to the, you know, the Cuban world as far as baseball. And I learned a lot from Joe. And then that was huge for me in my career. So I am, I am always blessed and I always thank him for the opportunity. But that's how I started. And, then, started. and then from there, I started making a name for myself. Two years into the business, I started getting you know, bigger, bigger firms coming after me because, you know, I had, of I, was, course. I was getting clients. I was young, hungry. They would see me everywhere. And then I had the opportunity to meet with different groups. And that's when I chose to go with Legacy. And I was there for 19 years of my life. And, you know, and then five years ago, I decided to become a free agent again and went to the Wasserman, you know, group, which is a great group and yep. blessed to be there. So it's been, it's been 24 years of, Hard work, love, and dedication to to this. Like Mayweather says, hard work, dedication. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and take take us through the process of you know like you're let's say you go you're scouting a player right in high school we mentioned high school you get college players as well that's um, a definite prospect you know we had David Espinosa and and one of my first recruits yeah. yeah I remember. Nice. I, 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 re I remember I was in David Espinosa's <laughs> living room with his dad, Elia. Um, awesome. Went to see him play at Gulliver. Um, I was actually with Joe at the time. And I, I remember we ended up losing to Scott Boris. Scott Boris. And David and I are still good friends, his dad. And I learned a lot from that, from that one time. Because, you know, as a competitor, one of the, one of the things that I want to know is if I lose a, if I lose a guy, I want to know why. What, what was the difference? Because that's going to help me and educate me of to course. do better going forward. So, you know, after David decided to go with um, with Boris, I asked his dad, what was the difference? He goes, that every scout didn't want to deal with Scott. So we chose him. 
and he had more experience and he was more involved in the draft. So th- all those things I educated me and I became better and better and better. So David was one of my first recruits. <laughs> so like what like said let's say a player like David, how do, how do you start the process and how does that go of of sitting in their living room, you know, starting starting to to recruit them and eventually signing them as a as a client. Back then, you had to have relationships with ball clubs. Back then you had to have relationships with college coaches because that's how you would get information on the top players in your area. Nowadays, you go into a perfect right. game and you go into all these events <laughs> and you could get that information right when away. you're 13, 14 years old, you know? So it was all about who you know and they would tell you, oh, this guy coming out, this, you know, and that's how you would, and then you would eventually approach them, meet the mom, the dad, whoever was involved with the kid and build that kind of relationship and then, you know, set up a meeting and then show him what you, you know, what you present to the family as far as why we're different and the other group, what makes us special, what we were a good fit. So it's just, it's a, it's like trying to, you know, pick up a girl, man. You got to just <laughs> wine and dine it. and love her. Yeah. yeah like call, like hey, college football recruiting. Yes. And, yes. and Mikey, like, like everything, you win some and you lose some, man. And you know what I mean? I've learned more from losing than winning. And, and you're staying competitive. Yep. Stay competitive in the market after 24 years, you know that that says something, man. You know, listen, I've known That's you, Mike. Oof, when, when you were playing, Mike, when I was playing at FIU, yeah, yeah. when you were the he was the radio guy, the well, the, 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 the play by play guy. So Mikey for a long yeah, time. Mm-hmm. It's been you know we've known each other for. I think you years. you had Juan Iglesias at the oh, time. Juan Iglesias. We used to work for Joe after Joe. I came. Yeah, but you know we got to get Juan on, man. Yeah. Juan, my old agent might be a good guy to have on. But yeah, man, we were him and and um, you know you have success for 24 years, but you're doing something right. You're not lucky. No. It's not luck. It's hard work. It's hard work. How many days a month you Loyalty. traveling? Loyalty. How many days a month you traveling? 20. 20, 20 days. days. 20 days. Out of the 66.6% of the month. Yep. He's not here. But I love it. But he loves it. And he gives It's it his all. It's funny because you can you know? tell when I've been home for four days, I start getting antsy. <laughs> like I start getting like, and it's already built in me, you know. I've had a lot of good people that have helped me throughout my career and have guided me. And there's a gentleman that I, you know, one of my mentors is Rick Thurman. Rick Thurman was one of the top agents in the business and ran Beverly Hills Sports Council for a long time. Uh, he's probably, you know, one of the top owners now at Perfect he's Game. He's an owner now, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, Rick is majority owner of Perfect Game. And I asked Rick, Rick, when did you know it was time to walk away? And he told me, Mike, the day you sit down in an airplane and you fall asleep and you wake up and you're in the other city, it's time. Still hasn't happened to me. Wow. <laughs> I feel great every time I get on a plane and I see my guys and I'm part of that life. You know, when I started in the business, when you're young, you think about money, you know, because you, you want to make money. It's not about money. It's about seeing my guys become men, fathers, husbands, retire, making sure they're taken care of financially, that their kids are taken care of. That, to me, became the difference in this business. A lot of people see what you make monetarily. The money's going to be there because it's a business that if you have the right guys, you're going to make money. And you do the right thing. And you do the right Correct. thing. But it's the other thing that people don't see. They only see that three-second clipping in ESPN. How important is it to say that to, like, let's say um, you when you were 18 or anybody who wants to become an agent or in any walk of life? Because, dude, there, there's a lot of people that get into businesses mm-hmm. for, for the wrong reasons. You know, they... They see money. That's fine. You know, we all love money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they also, you know, 
disrespect people, treat them like trash. I see it a lot in real estate. And then you wonder why you're not getting getting love from clients exactly. and other people don't want to work with you. Armando, no. listen, I get calls from young kids that want to become agents daily. And you know what I tell them? Are you ready to commit your life to someone else? Because when you become an agent, you become that person's life. Your life becomes secondary. Their life becomes number one. Because you got to be there for everything. Because you become that person, that support system. And when you're doing it for 45 guys, it's big. And when you've been recruiting for 24 years and you've been advising over 200 families, it's big. It's a big responsibility. So if you're here for the short term, you're not going to make it's it. It's not going to make it. You're not. And if you're going to do this part-time, you're not going to make it. I'm 24-7. I don't turn off my phone. I'm always accessible. And I'm always on call. But I love it. How many times do you get called middle of the night by some of your clients? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. And you answer the phone. Absolutely. Every, every time. Yep. If I don't answer, I'm on a plane. That's the only way I won't answer to my clients if I'm on a plane. Other than that, I'm I'm ready. That's awesome. Man. And Hard I've gotten calls at every every <laughs> morning, <laughs> at every day, night. It's crazy. Great stories. That's good. It's good because you know I, I'm I'm no Mike, but you know the perspective now is very respectable, bro. You know I was in the management business a little bit, so I would see Mike a lot. Um, and he was always a big dog, brother. He always had to be careful with this guy. You know, <laughs> he knew how to go in and get his guys, but that's success, bro. You know what I mean? That's com competition, success, and and very respectable, bro. Twenty four years, that, bro. Twenty four years of of kicking ass, bro. You got to respect that, bro. And yeah. hard, hard work, time, no no shortcuts, no. Because a lot of young people think, hey, how's the quickest way to get there? Yeah, especially, so especially this new generation. Yeah, now, you know, it's different. They they want instant uh, gratification, on, on demand. And yeah. They want it too quick. Yeah, and it's not the real world. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes a lot. And that's one of the toughest things to to explain to kids nowadays. Even, heck, even my, with my kid, you know, we wa watch TV and he's like, no, no, I want to watch this now. Yeah. And, I, and I have to tell him, like, look, this sounds very crazy, but when I was like your age, I had to wait till yeah, the wait. 8 p.m. to the watch wait. something, you know. And kid, you know, kids nowadays yeah. want instant gratification. No, they go to Amazon yeah. and they click, ping, ping, and tomorrow yeah. they have the, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they tell you, hey, check the Amazon basket. I put yeah. a couple items in exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm very blessed for the time that I worked with, with Sports Meter with David because being on that trip in Arizona to go see Nick was when I decided to start Diamond Dreams. I was there at the stadium, one of the Arizona Fall League stadiums, and, bro, I saw a guy, a little field doing more or less what I do. And I said, you know what? That's going to keep me in Miami. And I get, I went there. It was 2013. I went there. I got our first field. Started the program IE for two years while I was still working. And then once it got going hot in 2015 is when I resigned. Wow. But, you know, a blessing, bro, because if I'm not there, mm -hmm. if I'm not there in that situation, I may still be miserable, Mike. Yeah. You know, it was the other percent. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to do what you love. So, Listen. yeah, man, you got to do what you love. And, and you got you to gotta look at the good things and everything, the opportunities that are around us, you know, they're blessings. I was blessed, like I said from the beginning, with the opportunity Joe Kubas gave me. And then I met a gentleman by the name of Orlando Duca Hernandez, who was a little older than I was but was very, very smart. And he told me, you're going to be my guy. And I'm going to teach you how to be my guy. 
And that education came like no other because he taught me how to be the agent that I am, the businessman that I am today because of his work ethic, the way he went about his life and his preparation on the field and off the field. And that, he installed that in me. So when it was time for us to make a decision when I, where, I, where we were going to go, because wherever I went, El Duque was going with me back in 2000. And we ended up going to Legacy. It was all led by him. And he was my guy. And he goes, my career is in your hands. Now, let's go. So I was blessed because I had that man in my side. He taught me a lot. And when you represent, or let's say, a player like El Duque, you know, obviously I followed his career. A lot of people followed his career. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are, are, are listening you talk about how how he kind of um, you know made made you he made you a better a better agent. Just his life story, man. Yep. You know, being being top dog in Cuba and all of a sudden being chastised because of your beliefs, yep. and then having to you know leave, go to a new country, and and starting a career. Yeah, like Maduro, that guy could have been one of that guy. He would have been a Hall of Famer had he come at twenty two years old. No doubt about it. Listen, no what people don't realize is that when he had shoulder surgery. He had an 85 tear in his labrum, okay? Ray Jaffet, one of the best physical therapists in the country, told him, I'm going to get you back. El Duque trained three times a day, Monday through Sunday, okay? Not only did he come back, he came back and made more money than he had made before. Mikey, his rehab in, I, I faced him on a rehab start in Tampa when there I was in go. high A in 04. You know, and I, I talked about it. You know, he wasn't overpowering. No. You know, he threw me a first pitch fastball in. If I would have said I'm going to swing, I would have crushed it. But it was such perfectly placed that it was like, no, I'm not going to swing. <laughs> Strike one. Yep. You know, and then that big leg kick, then he dropped. And I, and I said it on the podcast. It, it wasn't overwhelming. It was a different breaking yep. ball. So good. So tight. You know, so good, man. But I faced him on that rehab. That was when awesome. El, when El Duque defected. He didn't want to play baseball. He just wanted to seek freedom, liberty. You know, he was he was handcuffed in, in Cuba, and unfortunately, that's just the system. But um, he came and he just wanted to be a normal person. But his talent just took over. His work, it's just a different. He's a competitor. He's he's no. he's the man, man. He's the man. As as an agent, what to you is an ideal client? And you don't have to mention like a, a specific name, just. A client that you you know you talk to, and it's m- more important than wow, this guy's super talented. What characteristics that that will make you sleep better at night? That you're representing that type of person. Loyalty, loyalty is number one. Family foundation, and you learn that with experience. When I started, I would recruit everybody because I just wanted to sign players. I wanted to be the guy, but experience is there's no price for experience. Life teaches you that you have to go after the right person, the right family, the right system that they, they've placed in that, in that child. Because in this business, it's all about loyalty. One of my top guys is Yasmani Grandal, the most loyal guy you will ever meet in your life. And I've been with that kid since he was 12 years old. Special breed. Great family. It's got to suck to sleep at night when there's no loyalty, man. Oh, you know, brother. like you got to wake up the next day and you got to be worried because you're going to lose. Yeah. Can see this? Can see who saw this guy <laughs> where? Can, can, you know, and that was it's always crazy. a thing. That it's was crazy. always a People thing. People don't realize you know? that. People don't yeah. realize that. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I say to myself, wow, I feed my family off of this. Oh, my God. But 
comes with the it comes with the business, you know. Yeah. How often does that happen? The the lack of loyalty, people leaving to other agents, and all the time, the all the time, all the time happens every day. I mean, you see it every day. No, and a lot of times it happens on the free agent years mm -hmm. that they'll stay by the guy they've been with for seven, eight years through college, and they'll jump on the big ship with you know one of these horses. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. It sucks. It sucks. You know? yeah. When I when when I was working with uh, with with David, we represented Castellanos. And I left like three years in when he was in double A, I resigned mm -hmm. and got out. But, you know, right before his free agency, he left to Scott Boer. So if I would have still been there, you know, I don't know if maybe he would have been loyal to me. I don't know. But, um, you know. It's funny you ask that because in the high school, college world, you're going to see a lot of agencies, a lot of agents. But when you go to the nitty gritty of arbitration cases and going into the free agent market, there's only five companies that really dominate the business because kids, you know, players get smarter. You know, they, they have a wife now. They have a family. They start thinking different. So you got to be prepared to, you know, swim with the big boys and the big sharks because we're going to go in there. We're going to show you what we've done, what our history is, what our percentage of winning arbitration cases are, and we're going to probably, you know, make you think about it. I'm not saying you're going to switch, but we're going to make you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Competitive. Stay competitive and not just that. It makes the... It makes the agencies that the parent, the players are getting represented by, they stay on their toes. Mm -hmm. They stay on their toes, doc. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, Especially you these to. smaller, smaller, smaller boutique agencies. You better, you better stay in your game. You mm -hmm. know. But um, and I and how, how do you let's say a guy like Scott Boris? Everybody's heard of Scott Boris, whether you're a Fairweather baseball fan or yeah. or a diehard. With, with a guy like Scott Boris, how? How's that competition when you're trying to go for the same player and you're going up against a Scott Boris who everybody and their moms know? Listen, Scott Boris is one of the best. There's no denying that. He's been very successful, but there's always ways, ways to be. There's always weaknesses. One of his weaknesses is that there, there's no personal relationship. It's just strictly business. If that's what you want, then that's what you're going to get. But if we look at the history of Scott, yeah, he's done great contracts. There's no doubt about it. He's got he's got great players. But people don't talk about the players that he hasn't done great jobs for. Players that he's probably one of the guys that's been fired the most by, by guys. We can name lists of guys that have fired him because there's yep. no personal, you know, relationship. And there has to be. I, I think it's important. Because when you're going to make a decision on a guy, you got to, you know, you got to understand what this family's about, what they value, schools for the kids, where the family's at. There's a lot of things that come into play. It's not just, yeah. you know, hitting the driver all the time. There's other things that come into play. You know, I agree. There's got to be emotion and feeling, mm -hmm. you know, when, 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 you, when you have an agent. 100%. You know, and, of you know, the loyalty you have with Yasmani and stuff like that, you know, all those years, you know him well. Oh. And he knows you well. Of course. So, and that's such a huge advantage. Like I always say, like with, with the baseball thing, going, the longer you stay with a coach and with a team, going, the, probably the, the coach is going to get to know you better. He's learn your weaknesses, your strengths, you know how to build it. Same thing there, man. Listen. You know what I mean? I'll it, tell you a so quick, I'll, I'll quick, I'll tell you a quick story of Grandal. Mm. High school season, plays well, All-American, Team USA. Um, we get offered a million dollars from the Red Sox. Um, that year, his mom and dad made $19,000. Okay? Lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Combined. Combined. Lived in a one-bedroom apartment in Hialeah, second floor. I've been with him for four years already. So I knew the makeup. I knew the work ethic. I knew... 
him. So we were negotiating the whole summer, get to the deadline. Theo Epstein calls. He goes, hey, we got a million dollars for your guy. I said, we're not taking it. He goes, there's no way you're not taking it. We're not taking it. Call Yaz. Put Yaz on the phone. Get a three-way. Hey, Yaz, I got Theo on the phone. Hey, Yaz, you know, are you going to take this? He goes, no. I'll see you in three years, and I'll be the best catcher in the country. And I knew it because... I knew him. So he ended up going to Miami and he ended up signing a big league contract with the Reds for $3.5 million. But I knew my, 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 my guy. I knew what he was going to do. I knew what Yonder Alonso was going to do. You took your money off the table oh, yeah. to make sure he... Of course, exactly. because I knew that he was getting undervalued because where he was coming from, where he lived, and the economic... Desperate. Being desperate, maybe. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and all that comes into play, Mike. People oh. don't realize it. it's a business. Mike, these teams are going to take advantage of, of the client. Of course. They <laughs> see what teams. you drive, where your mom works, where your dad Everything. works. Oh, yeah. What, you know, what jury. They do, they do a complete investigation on your family. And I knew that they were going to use that against us. And I was like, there's no way. And that's what motivated me to become an agent and make an impact on the kids in our area. And and how I guess how how tough is it for like let's say a kid like like just Mari Grandad you have parents making nineteen thousand don't forget saying algo you know it's, it's there nice, was there was there, there was no nice. hesitation mom and dad trusted me a hundred percent mom and dad were like we are going to school education Love is it. big and they were we didn't hesitate worked out planned out awesome yep. Not great. And another another thing we had uh, when we we mentioned it off off of uh, off the podcast before we started, Jason Oricchio, who's a friend and is a Diamond Dreams dad as well, was on the podcast a few episodes back. He's a financial advisor to athletes and mm -hmm. to normal people like myself. Uh, and and I asked him this question, and I'll ask you the same thing: How difficult is it to get to these players, especially when they're young, in terms of looking? after their finances, not squandering that first paycheck because I know Jason works with NFL players and it's a little bit different because of the career makeup, you know, NFL running back last, what, three years on, on average. Mm -hmm. um, but in baseball, there's there's injuries too, man. Yep. There's Tommy John surgery. There's, you know, like you said, I'll duke it with the torn labrum. Um, there's a lot of injuries that could come about, you know, that could – torpedo your career and how, how how important is it to get through to these kids because a lot of kids when they're young I mean, we were all young we all wanted you know we didn't have that money but when we get what we'll get our paycheck hey you know drinks on me et otro, and you know you go to 609 on a thursday <laughs> night and you're you're broke again you know getting to these players and telling them like hey this is the way you got to do it you gotta like you said we're gonna you gotta trust me mm -hmm. and i'm gonna take care of you well, we have a great structure that we present with our guys that once they make the decision that they're not going to go to school and they're going to sign, they already know what they're going to do. They already know where they're going to save, where they're going to put it, how we're going to live. We, it's not like we're, we're blindfolded. We, are, we have these families educated, prepared. So when they make that decision, they know what they're going to do because I tell them, I give them the, the good and the bad of every scenario. Going to college, or playing pro ball. I give it to them because it's my job, my responsibility to educate families. It's to let them know that if we go this route, this is the good and the bad. If we go that route, this is the good and the bad. And then we're going to make a decision at the end. But remember, you will be the boss of this company. 
I'm your advisor, I'm your agent, I'm going to guide you, present you with all the information, you're going to make the final call. But you're going to have all the information in front of you to do that call. How much taxes are you going to pay? What city are you going to live in? How yeah, much you give it to a maticaito. We give you it to break them. it down. If you sign for a million dollars, this is what your checks are going to look like. This is what it's going to be. And this is going to be until you get to the big leagues. If, if you get to the big leagues. If. Because that team will control you for seven years. And they do whatever they want. So there's a process. And that's why I recruit kids young. Because I, I like to build the relationship. I want them to trust me based on my experience, what I've done in this business, and I want to educate the families. Let them know that if you get a $100 million contract, you're really getting 50, maybe even less. Depending Depends on your state. Depending <laughs> where you're, exactly. So I need to educate my, my guys to make sure that they make the best decision for each family. Like you said about the team control, you just led right into it, which is perfect. You said, oh, the you know, team has you for this control. And we had mentioned you in a couple of podcasts ago because, you know, these teams, they play with the team control to make sure that they can maximize, I guess, that player for as long as he of can course. to not be a free agent, stuff like that. My comment was, going a billion-dollar company shouldn't be messing with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But give us a better breakdown as to, because I because like I told you before we started, like, it seems like everything's like, you got to earn it, you earn it, you earn it. But dude, Mikey, and I know it's happened to some of your clients as well, there's players that have earned it. Of course. And then the organization says no, but because of this clock, we have to wait 36, 37 days, days, 120 days, whatever your clock is, for you to, what you earned, you got to wait. And then the risk during that time, can you imagine you have to wait 39 days and you're in AAA and then God forbid something happens, you're supposed to be in the big leagues. Like it it just goes against like the whole, if you've earned it, you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate. It's the, it's a system that's built. And obviously, as owners and general managers and people in the front office, they're going to use it to their advantage. And it's unfortunate because you're right. They should be in the big leagues. They should get called up, and they won't. Why? Because they want to get another year of service, hold them back, make sure they're making the league minimum, and then they go to arbitration. But it's got, they got to wait another year. I remember Francisco Liriano had Tommy John, got, you know, had surgery, came back, went to AAA, he won 10 games in a row. 10 games in a row that year in AAA. Wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing, throwing no hitters, and then I would call the general manager. What do we got to do now? Oh, he's got to throw more fastballs, more command on the, on the slider, change up. He would do adjustments every start. They didn't call him up until they could save another year of him before he goes to ARB. Guess what? That year, the Twins missed the playoff by one game. Wow. There you go. Those are things that we deal with. And, and you uh, know, you can file, you can file. And grievance. The, playoff, the playoff money oh, would yeah. have paid for plenty of, course. of <laughs> you can stuff. go to you can file grievance with the union, with the MLB, and they 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 easily say, Oh, that's not true. We think we thought he needed to develop more. Yeah. And it's, it's like all a, to control yeah. the service time because an extra year, it's an extra year. It's an extra year. And, By and the you way, know, obviously there's been exceptions, right? Because um and I always the met. Yankee guy now, thank God. Volpe, yeah. Anthony Volpe. Thank God. He killed in the spring God. training. Yeah, like he, I said, listen, if, if 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 he if he doesn't make the bigs, it has nothing to do with his performance. Nothing. But when I, I guess like this is a good example because Volpe killed it in spring yep. training and we got to see it. But when is it like completely obvious that it can't be ignored? Because the the example I always use is Andrew Jones at 18 years old in the major leagues racking it in the World Series against the Yankees, at least in game one and two, at eight, 18, years, 18 old. years old. What what What's the point that the team has to be like, 
Oye, déjate de descaro. Like, this guy, like, <laughs> you have to do this. If you look at the history, there are so many all-stars that have been held back by teams. That's Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. All these guys that have been held back just so they can control them for an extra year. Now, Vladdy is a super two. So instead of going arbitration right. three years, he's got to go four. Why? Because he was held back. Right. Guy was raking all his life. He's a natural born hitter. One of the top hitters in baseball. You're going to tell me he can't make you know, the team out of opening day? It's all, it's all because they can control you. And there's nothing unfortunate that can be done but make, make a fuss and nothing really happens. They control you. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, the Volpe thing, you know, I don't know if the Yankees, I don't think he's played that game. Do they, Yankees hold back players? I don't know. Like I mean, I would have to look back in like history, but he's just a superstar. Super, but that, that's the thing. I think there's just some players, Amandito, that just the real deal, bro. Mm -hmm. A-Rod, Griffey. Yep. These guys just are really, like, they, those are different levels. Like, like. Those guys are special. Those aren't the guys that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> They're holding back. Yeah. Those I mean, guys that go up at 18, the like, Trouts and 19, those guys are, bro, those guys are. Like, I'm not, I'm not an MLB coach or manager, but as a, as a Yankee fan, I know what I see. And I, I see, oh, yeah. I saw Jason Dominguez looking great this spring yes. training. What makes Jason Dominguez, how, how do they, how do they say, you know, how do they, or how do they think, aside from the money they're paying Aaron Hicks, that Jason Dominguez. Well, well, I think I think with Jason, he needs a little bit more grooming. He needs a little bit more minor league baseball, more at bats in Double A. He needs he needs more. He's 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 close. He's he's a, he's a rare talent. Right. I mean, the ball jumps off his bat. It sounds different off the bat. Um, you think he'll be in the big leagues this year? Towards some maybe towards the end. I mean, you never know how quickly the Yankees, how, you know, how desperate they get. You know how you know how their outfield performs. You know, um, we'll see. But he is a talent. But he does need more. He needs more work in Double A, and and see how it goes from there. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. We'll Big, keep an eye. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love I, I love Volpe as well. And who who are some of the players that that you represent? Um, right now, uh, Yasmani Grandal, um, Brian Garcia, Andrew Suarez, Aramis Garcia. Those uh, are Miami guys, bro. Those are yeah. all Miami guys that yeah, this yeah. guy took care of. Yeah, a lot of guys. You know, the other day we on the last podcast we talked about. My boy, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Nasty Nestor. I showed him the Yankee logo in the pool. I, I, love, I, love I told Nestor. him that. What a, what a great story. What a great story. I told him if he ever needs to buy a house for Abuelos or something, yeah. we got a house with a logo. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple of Nasty Nestor t-shirts. Yeah. Lo love the guy. And and we'll talk about him now like in, in a second because of something that happened yesterday related to, to, the, to the pitch clock. But I, w I was going over with, with a friend of mine. You know, and the World Baseball Classic kind of started that conversation. If you were to make an all-Cuban-born team, oof, go through all history of baseball. And when I got to catcher, it's just Manny Grandal. Yep. Because they're, Cuba back then really didn't have a a phenomenal catcher. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you go through... Through their history, Grandal is the all Cuban all time, all -time. Yeah. best catcher. Yep, yeah, he is. He's still with the White Sox, right? Yep. Last year was they're, contract, they're, so they're going to be sacked. Yep. They're going to be stacked with Griff. We got mm -hmm. Griff there. Yep. Another Miami guy. Miami, Miami, Miami connection. All Miami, all the yeah. Cubans. There. We want to see the, we want to see those Cubans <laughs> win, awesome. man. Yeah, we need it absolutely. And what what do you think of these uh of these changes now with with Major League Baseball? Mike and I have been talking about it some you know a few for a few podcasts. Um, this week or two weeks ago, they started with the commercials, with the marketing, Brian Cranston, 
talking about how this is going to change the way you see baseball. Oh, the fast movement. I saw one with Vanessa Cortez. Yep, yep. I just saw the commercial. Uh, that other comedian, um, what's the name? Sebastian. Spending a lot of money on these guys. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the, the, little, the little league pitcher's like, you know, taking his time and yeah. he's like, come on, speed it up. You know, and he's, and he's ranking on him. Do you really think that it's going to bring fans? Because I, I was talking to somebody today and I go, look, the NFL is the biggest sport in in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl is the most watched event in, this, in, in the U.S. when it comes to sports, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, you have timeouts. You have TV timeouts. You have the the challenge. You have the, the play clock. You have a bunch of stuff and nobody says, oh, you know, the play clock needs to be 20. Well, no, no TV timeout. No, people are content. They watch football. Like, what makes them think that people are going to tune in because of a few seconds? I have no idea. I don't like it. Um, yeah, it speeds up the game, but baseball is a different game. Mike, I think it's going to ruin it. Of course. I think it's going to ruin it because if you look at the World Baseball Classic, World Baseball Classic had no pitch clock. Mm-hmm. None, right? If you go to those last five, six games, and we talked about this, okay, and you add a pitch clock in the ninth inning, you ruin the game. You ruin the game. You ruin the whole game. Like, I got, bro, you ruin it because... There was the, those every, especially in the, those eliminations, like those bases were loaded. There was two outs. Like those guys were stepping off. Like you saw them wiping. Like they were, yeah. they didn't want to let down their country. You can't speed that emotion it up. It takes the passion. You can't the speed game. that emotion up. And I think what MLB is trying to do, I believe, is trying to get the younger generation to engage a little bit more because they want that fast gratification that right. we talked about. So I, that's what I can think. Let me tell you, and I like that you said that they want to get the younger kids in. The Marlins have done a great move for this season on the Saturday games. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the Saturday games are at 415, okay? That's going to get more kids in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, parents aren't going to want to go to late game no, and wake up. The, I know, so, so I think they should have looked in, in those at areas. Scheduling. At scheduling. Yeah. Or, or, you know, doing stuff, or, or even free tickets, you know, lo que sea, but... Um, I, I think the, what's going to be the end of it, Mike, and I don't know how quick it's going to be, but the owners are going to take a hit financially because I people so. are going to be in the stadiums less time. Instead of, you know, when you own a facility, the key is to keep it packed. Mm-hmm. Keep the people in there as long as you can, for as long as you can, offer as much as you can, post-game, pre-game, keep them there, buying drinks. You know, you, you don't want that last call so quick in the and eighth And not inning. just that, Mike. No, gonna let's, let's look at the game itself. It's going to take away, like... Armando just mentioned Nestor did a quick pitch uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No uh, eye contact. No, 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 no you know, that's yeah. part of the game. That's part of the game. You get on the box, I'm ready to go. Yeah. But now you have to make yeah. eye contact. And yeah. then. But so that's what, eliminated. So, and, and, the and, hand I, and, I lo- and I love what he did. The and then he did, uh, <laughs> then he did the wiggle wiggle. And then it's. What I don't like is that that eye contact thing has eliminated the traditional keep your hand up mm-hmm. until you're ready to go. You know what I mean? This is too many changes for I me. remember when I was a catcher at Barry. You know, I caught there and I would tell my guy, quick pitch him, you know? And that was part of the game. That's part of the strategy. Beat you. I'm beating you f- because you're thinking I'm going to go after you. And now they're taking that away from the game. They're taking away a lot of things with this pitch clock. I don't know what they, they feel behind it, but it's taking from the baseball game. Listen, if I, if I don't like baseball, and uh, let's say I, I don't like baseball, I don't do this podcast, I've never played. Mike, why should I watch baseball? Oh, come on, come on, watch it. Look, you know, this is going on. Rule changes, blah, blah. We start watching it. And all of a sudden, there's no pitch. Nothing happens. And an umpire is going, ball one. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be like, 
What the hell just what the hell happened? Just happened? <laughs> these players, these pitchers and are competing for those corners. So stupid. These hitters are competing <laughs> to fight off those corners. Oh, so now you're going to give me a strike or you're going to give me a ball? Exactly. Just because, like, no, man, like, earn it. And not just that. Like, I say it all the time. I use my dad as an example. Well, the MLB games for my dad were too long. Mm-hmm. My dad would turn it on in the fifth inning or the sixth inning. Turn the game on and he watched the end of the game. That's right. That's what he would do. Or if he was going to bed early, bro, he'll sit there, watch the first four for anyway, me cuenta mañana. Everybody has an adjustment. Mm-hmm. I enjoy getting to the game after it starts because I know if I get there 20, 30 minutes later, I'm probably still going to be in the first inning, second inning. Yep. Bro, there's a chance that in 45 minutes, they can run through four innings. Yes. And let me tell you something. That sucks because when I go get my food, chances are I'm going to come back in the same half inning. Just because it takes time and it's enjoyable not, and not I do anymore. it. Not anymore. Now you're going to miss innings, man. And I think it's terrible. I think it's going to kill the game. The other game. day I was at a spring training game. Excuse me, Mike. No, and an hour 40. Game was over. No, no. Terrible. Wow. That's a little and league I was game. Like, that's dude, a I, I, only, game. I only had one hot dog. That's a six and under game. Yes. Hey, you didn't have a beer. You didn't have a no, drink. You didn't, I'm like, you didn't get wow. to walk around. You didn't get to go in the store. It's like they're dude, When I go to Martin's Park, Armando, and we're going tomorrow. Dude. Tranquilo y tropical. Now I'm going to feel rushed. Yes. And I hate it. I think it's terrible. And the worst part about the situation, personally for me, is, is that the kids that are now getting into baseball, they're never going to know our style of baseball. No. Which is the best way. They're not going to know the double-day rules from 100-something years ago. And, you know, you have to you step off and you pick off. And you, These take, kids the, are, you, know, you right. take the pitcher's timing off. You and take like the, I've always the said it, like... When they make rules, okay, they're making rules for now, but but where is the consequence going to be 10 years down the line? The consequence 10 years down the line is that they're going to speed it up even more and they're going to make it shorter. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Yep, of course. Okay, because we keep on trying to please people who don't have a clue. Bro, baseball's long. Well, okay, so you're going to shorten up the game, and if we have a game where we score 25 runs, bro, get them kind of palo. They're bringing in the pitchers, the outfielders to pitch. Mm-hmm. That's a four-hour game. You can't rush that. You can't rush the process, man. Eliminate the, or if the guy's eliminate dealing, the ghost runner. Like, <laughs> and, and we're going to lose the, the, like the, 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 oh, yeah, bro, this guy threw nine innings, bro, 96 pitches, an hour and 50 minutes. Oh, no, that never happens. Like a now dramatic game. Now, now you're at the spring training. Now it's normal. An hour 40. Hour 40. Game over. Ticket price is going to go down? Probably not. <laughs> of course Probably not. not. I think it's a mistake. Baseball keeps going up. Revenue keeps going up. I, I made a joke the other day on, it was on Twitter, because people were posting those commercials with MLB, you know, uh, selling the new rules. And somebody about the Cranston video said, oh, some, they should have put Kevin Costner. And I, and I wrote, no, you know, Kevin Kevin Costner wouldn't wouldn't do that because for the love of the game, mm-hmm. that movie that he throws the, mm-hmm. the no-hitter, would have been a thirty-minute no. you know, short yeah. film, <laughs> with, with the, you know, porque coño, the the drama, the drama is that, you know, you're throwing a no-hitter, man. Like you're, you're thinking, man. You're in the he- yes, of course. What am yes, I gonna do man. with this course. guy? Amando. Holy crap! Look who's how look do I get this? Yes. Look who's up, Aaron Why? Jones, gotta, why didn't anybody leave the stands in the World Baseball Classic? Why? Everybody tell me loved why. It. it was an tell ultimate success. But it's a, why? Why didn't they leave? Why? The product was good. It was great. The marketing was outstanding. The passion. You know, but the I'm passion, saying, yep. nobody left the stadium. Nope. Nobody nobody was bored. Why? Because you had the right people there. Mm-hmm. When you have the right people at the stadium, how come nobody leaves Yankee Stadium? 
Vaya, unless they're getting waxed ahí and they start, right. you know what, but and how come when it's a good stay. game, they stay? <laughs> you know, Philadelphia, no one's leaving Philadelphia, bro. Nope. Nope. But why? But why? Like, because the product's good. The people want to be there. Really, want really to be field. there. You want to fill Marlin Stadium? Bro, you're going to have to find 37,000 people in the city of Miami that want to be there. That's it. You're not going to get more people there with this pitch clock. You might deter some people. Ah, para que voy para allá, si me está que para que... Si ya me cogió el tráfico, no voy a poder ver el juego. 7-15 game, I pull up 7-45, I show up, bro, they're in the top of the second, I take my round, I take some pictures with my daughter, little poses, I take her to the playground, get her, blah, 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 I sit down in the third inning. Listen, basketball has a clock. Football has a clock. Baseball has never had a clock. Baseball's nine innings, and it takes time to beat that hitter. And now they're taking away that from us. Mike, but the the, the pickoff situation, too, yes, is crazy. that's who? It's crazy. The guy knows what Yeah, yeah. So I got Ricky Henderson on first. Bro, I can't pick off six times if I want. <laughs> no. I can't pick off six times. Nope. I used to no. love... Greatest base dealer of all time. Nope. I can't, I can't I try to, to play a mind game with him. I used to love watching Andy Pettit picking yep. off people. Yep. It's terrible. And another thing, why did they make the bases bigger? I still haven't figured that one out. You know, Mike, that's one... I'm very offensive with baseball. I like the offensive part. Much more than mm -hmm. I like the defensive part. <laughs> um, I'm okay with the half inch on each side. Just because for me, I think it's going to create a little more. I'm hoping to see guys dropping more bunts. Because that little is going to give you some more infield hits. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to see a little more stolen bases by guys who I think should be stealing bases. And believe it or not, I, I think that I think the half inch on each side, I think it's going to make a difference. So to make the game like more runs, more, more offensive. Runs, more I, think, offensive. I, think, I think so. I, I still haven't so. been able to think about, you know, like figure it out why. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay guy with it have, right you know, now, but I'm waiting. I'm the jury's still out. Like tomorrow, me and Amando start the investigation into this yeah. pitch clock. Because tomorrow we got a cantada and Scherzer. Yeah, and you know Scherzer's going to be playing some games with that pitch clock. Oh, yeah. Of course, he's you know a, he's preparing. Yeah, he's been doing so, the spring training. You know, it's going to be. And look, and this good. gives the opportunity for the wrong person to be the um, the lead actor, right? Those are the umpires. We saw yesterday Sergio Romo was pitching in his last. Game ever. Ever. Retiring. Hunter in, Pence came everybody out. Everybody going crazier. First pitch is a ball that he never threw because he took too long. Like, how stupid. Wow. How stupid is that? I didn't read, know that. Read, read the room, No, it was, he was retiring. You know, yeah, he I retired. Know, know. Right. Yeah. So, but I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah the yeah, first yeah, thing, yeah. ball one. And he's like looking no around. Courtesy, like, like, you know, what the hell, that? man? It, it's a joke. It's and then taking the from the integrity just, of the game. Oh, and the, and the Real Muto thing? That's ridiculous. What happened to Real Muto yesterday? Like, that's, come on, man. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of problems. I'm telling you guys today, there's going to be a lot of issues with this. This is the beginning. You'll see. I, I think, I think that, um, I think we need a new commissioner, man. I keep saying it, but I just feel we keep going from bad to worse. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I just, when I, when I love something so much and I feel that things are being taken away from me, mm -hmm. bro, I'm hurt, bro. Because Mikey, like you, I'm in the baseball business, bro. This is what we do. Yeah. That's all I do. Going, I feel they're taking away from me a little bit, man. Yep. You know, and it bothers me a little bit, you know. There's guys that work fast on the mound. There's guys that work slow, but that's their rhythm. Oh, yeah, Mikey. And if you don't like it, you can get up and go. You remember you back in the, the days TV. that you would just get on the mound and get and get set and then just wait for the hitter to call time just to get his timing off yes. and get his mind. No, that's done. That's, that's done. That's the that's, that's done. baseball, guys. That's done. And now it's been taken away. Listen, there's some like let's say when you're watching a movie. There's some actors I, I don't like. I don't like James Spader. I, I, 
if I see a James Spader movie or <laughs> or him on a show, I I turn it off. I don't care, like you know. Oh, we're gonna make this awesome James Spader movie. Great, I'm not watching it. You know, like there, there's people that just don't like baseball. Yeah. I worked, but like I told you, I worked at Telemundo and Univision for a long time. All those guys that I worked that love soccer, love soccer, that would that would talk about baseball. Oh, los tipos están payama, que no hacen nada, tan sentado. They're not real athletes. You think they're gonna watch because of a play clock? Of course. No, they're no, not. They don't like not. it. You know, they like soccer. Of course not. I I worked and covered soccer for a long time. I don't watch it aside from the World Cup anymore. You can't put I, me to watch a I soccer like game. It. I don't it's care uh, what it is. I won't watch a soccer game. But I think, no, I, no say, I, think you you know? hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head about five minutes ago when you said that that they're speeding it up for this younger generation, yep. bro. Because yep. it's like we said, they want every now. Like Anderson told you that they Bobby. Now you're like, oh, hey, listen. <laughs> but Mike, that's exactly the. I, I believe I, I that's, that's what terrible. they're trying to do, and they're taking away. From the game, the most beautiful game Ever. in the world. Ever, it's baseball. Ever. So, and I, I, I agree, man. I think it's it, it's America's pastime, it's you yes. know, and and, and it could get back to that, but this is this isn't it. And and you know, we we have opening day tomorrow. Um, I'll be there with Mike uh, for for a great game. You know, we we need to put our. Our money where our mouth is, Mike. You know, Let's do it. I'm ready. Some, some I'm pre- ready. Some predictions. I'm ready to give, give my predictions. <laughs> and and we're gonna hold, we're gonna keep this paper, and we're gonna see what happens at the end. Before you know, we give like you know the uh, the World Series winners and all that. Who do you think is gonna win Rookie of the Year in the AL? Volpe. I'm going with Volpe too. I picked him up today on my fantasy team. Me too. I dropped <laughs> I dropped Whit Merrifield and I picked up Anthony Volpe. I think that kid's the real deal. I and so. and. He's wearing number 11. Who wore number 11, Armando? FIU. And let me tell Kyle you, <laughs> and not just that, I've been in this business long enough to know that not everybody can play in New York and for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. That kid will succeed because he's built for that stage. Absolutely. You can tell by the way he handles himself, the way he goes about his business. He is there because he belongs on that big stage, and New York is a different stage. I, I I hate doing this, but I feel like, you know, 10 years from now and, you know, Diamond Dreams Miami up and in is like Episode. mega podcast <laughs> and, you know, we're making a billion dollars with our podcast. We're going to be talking about Anthony Bope like they talked about Derek Jeter. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you. No doubt. And I hate putting that, you know, like, mm-hmm. like LeBron. Oh, the next word. I hate doing that, but this guy has, like like Mikey was saying, he has all the tools. He, he's I saying the right things. He thinks the right way. The foundation, Armando, yeah. the home where he comes from, he's built for this moment. He was here for a reason. His mind is different. Look, Peraza's a nice player, but the shortstop yeah. for the next 15 years with the Yankees is going to be mm-hmm. Anthony Volpe. Yep. And if Peraza sticks around, he's going to play second. Yeah. Or third or oh, yeah. whatever. Great utility guy. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Mike, National okay. League, Rookie of the Year. Give me some options. Jordan Walker, Corbin Carroll. That kid Jordan Kodai Walker, Jordan is, supposed Walker to be, is supposed to be a real deal. the man. Yeah, I'm going to go with him, and he's built like a horse. And I'm great go makeup. Walker. Great makeup, great family. Handles himself like a professional. Love him. He will be National League Rookie of the Year. I... I um I, I like Walker I, I like Corbin Carroll a lot from uh from Arizona but um I want to go with Kadai Senga because mm. you know he he's coming he's coming in Wasserman guy yeah. 
coming into the Mets, and he's in a... He's on my fantasy team. Man, talk about a great situation. You have these two caballos ahead of you p- pitching, and you're coming in, and I feel like the pressure is off him. Yep. The guy has a tremendous cutter. He's playing in, in a in a, in a a solid team, in a great city. Mm-hmm. I think Kadai Senga is going to have an amazing year. I, I agree, 100%. You know, you know what, why I pick Walker is because the clubhouse he's in. He's got a Renato. He's got Goldschmidt. Wayne Wright. I like those Cardinals, man. Those, mm-hmm. those, those, so that's good. a veteran, no ego group. They're just going to go out there and just say, hey, just have fun. We got you. And they're going to teach him the ropes. New York is a different animal. Mets, Yankees, that's a different world. I mean, you got to be there to live it, and it's different. So that's why I give him the edge. Senga is an unbelievable talent. I think he's going to have yeah, a lot of success. I, um, I actually need to buy a Cardinals hat. Because during the World Baseball Classic, when when Goldschmidt went deep and Arenado got a hit and and all that against against Cuba, I was like, <laughs> I was there. I gotta I gotta buy I gotta buy the Cardinals hat and I gotta buy a Phillies one too. What a for, lineup! What a lineup <laughs> for Turner. Awesome. Absolutely, Turner's the man. All right, Cy Young, AL. I'm gonna go on an edge. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it first. Go for it. I'm gonna say Garrett Cole finally wins one. Good pick. I got I got written down here. I got Garrett Cole, and I also have uh, Jacob Degrom. I'm inter- I'm, It's going to be interesting for me to see how good Jacob Degrom Degrom goes outside of New York, and playing where somebody at a place where he wanted to go to, where he said you'll get the wipaya. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see yeah. you know this guy. But I'm with you. I think Garrett Cole is due. I think it's I think he's it's due. due. I think he's due. I think he's due. I would love that. I would love for that to happen. But I'm gonna go with an with an obvious pick because I think as crazy as this is gonna sound, I still think we haven't seen the best baseball from Shohei Otani. And I and I think coming off this big win in the WBC where he's now a household name, not only for us, but for people that never watched for Shohei my two little boys. I just had to order them jerseys. Yeah. And I think Otani's gonna win the Cy Young this year. And and I I I said this when the Yankees signed him. Once he's healthy and he comes back, I think Rodon is going to have an amazing I think year. he won 20 yep. games, for sure. Yep. Guy's Without nasty. It. NL. And I'll start. I'm, I'm sticking with the incumbent, Sandy Acantara. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Sandy. I, I feel a back-to-back. Yep. I feel a back-to-back with him. Guy's lights out. I can't, I can't go against you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm looking here at some of the picks, you know, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Zach Gallen, Verlander, Justin Verlander, Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah. That's the thing. He's but, got some competition now with Verlander. But he's when a, he's, when he's Sandy different. shows me that he's missing something, and, and, and in the spring, spring training, he was no, nasty. He was, nasty. He was nasty. lights out. Yep. He's going to win it again. MVP. I think that Mike Trout this year is going to, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, I think he's going to hit 40 plus. I think he's going to hit 40 plus. I think he's ready. He's healthy. I mean, the last couple of games in the, in the WBC, you know, wasn't, you know, the best, but that guy's, I think, I think he's back. I I'm think gonna, he's back. I'm going to go with my boy Aaron Judge. I think that the fact that, you know, the pressure he put on himself last year, got his contract, he's back in New York where he wanted to be. He's going to be relaxed. He's going to play. He's going to have more fun. You got the money. I think he's going to do damage. So I'm going to go with Judge. I'm going to go Otani again. Um, last last year, I, I thought no no way. I, and we remember when we did the episode and I was 
fighting Eric on it. I'm like, no, Judge is the MVP. I, I think the Angels are going to have a better year. I hope. Mainly because it's pitching as well, and I and I think his hitting is going to be incredible. I think he gets it. If not, Aaron Judge, I think, yeah. uh, is going to have an amazing year too. And I predict also Aaron Judge with with the no shift now, mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. going to hit upward of 330. I think I so. I think he's going to have a nice. nasty year. That'd be nice. One of the most humble human beings you guys will ever meet. What a guy. Special. And and with it, with the National League, I went uh, I went back and forth between a couple of guys. Who? But I think... Who'd you go back and forth between? I'll tell you after I tell you my <laughs> pick. <laughs> but, but I'm going with Manny Machado. My second pick, Trey Turner. That's my guy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's who I was gonna pick. Yeah. Trey that, Turner. Yeah, I'm gonna go Trey with Trey Turner. Turner because I, I, you know, I, I, when I saw that he signed with Philly, again, Which he, are, wh- he, where he wanted to be, where he wanted to mm-hmm. be. I think that plays a huge factor, and not just that, bro, but for the ball flies in yeah. Philly, and that lineup is gonna the help ball him. Flies the ball flies in Philadelphia. The and bigger look, and base, I, and I know is Har- gonna help him. I know the, Harper had the the big surgery and all that, but I, I think he's gonna be able to hit. He's gonna be able to hit this season when he when he comes back. He's going to be fine. You have Schwarber. You have yeah. a bunch like, of guys. I like Turner. I like that pick. That's so a Trey, pick. Trey Turner. Yep. Manny but don't Machado. sleep on my boy Machado. No, don't sleep on Machado. He's got his contract. Juan, Juan, he's home. Juan, he's healthy. Juan Soto, Francisco Lindor, they're up there too. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. And, you know, like this is an award that, that a lot of people threw out there. You know, comeback player of the year. I'm thinking. Well, there are options. Got Tatis, Comforto, Joey oh, Votto. Tatis, when he comes back, is going to come out like a lion. I think Tatis is going to come out nasty. Yeah, he's going to come out like a lion. Got him on my fantasy team, too. But I think he's going to come out like a lion, man. I think those young kids, they got a lot to prove, man. And especially after his little. I think incident. Comforto for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. I like I like what, what he's gone through. I think he's going to, he, he's mentally ready for what's coming. And I think he's going to have a huge year. I like Comforto. American League champ. Yankees. Yankees. Houston. Those are the, the two teams. <laughs> Just but think I'm, that I'm, they got better. Yeah. I mean, Abreu. And Fr- Framber Valdez is going to be so nasty. Yeah, I mean, I know that they lost Verlander, which is a huge, huge yeah. loss. Yeah, but they'll adjust their game. But though. their bullpen is just sick. But dude, but um, you you have a, um, you have a, what's it, Framber. You have um, the kid that threw the no-hitter in the in the World Series, Christian Javier. Javier. Christian Javier. He, he's such a great pitcher, too. Um, you know, the... They're good. They're good young pitchers, and I and I know Verlander's a loss, but and I listen. I, I whoever whoever signs with Houston as a pitcher, you will get better. Yeah, they do things in there that nobody else does. They have a different approach. They have different information. They're different. Whoever whoever they put on the mound is good. I just think the Yankees would call. With Rodon. Yeah, nasty Nestor. With nasty Nestor. Mm-hmm. No, and Judge, like you and said, yeah, tranquilo. I love know? Harrison Bader on and, and listen, outfield. And at the end of the day, if Stanley can stay healthy, you know, Stanley. That's what we need. They need Stan to stay healthy and yeah. just he's crush. Huge. He's huge. Yeah. He's huge to have. So now we go to AL champ. Yankees? NL champ. I mean, NL champ. Sorry. NL champ. You want to go first? Go for oh, it. I'm gonna say Philadelphia. Me too. Phillies. 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 <laughs> Phillies. <laughs> Yankees. Phillies World Series yeah. repeat of 2009. I, wow. I think. I think that. And for the winner, I think that we got Dombrowski with Philadelphia, right? Y'all be careful with that guy. If in the middle of the season the Phillies need a push, exactly. they will that's open what, up the checkbook they and will. they will do whatever, whatever they have to takes. do. So I put here World Series champion Yankees, but mid-season signings. Let's see. 
because if the Yankees add a horse or Philadelphia adds a horse and they're poised at the right time, I think that's going to might be the edge. I mean, I think Houston still just because Abreu. They just added a monster yeah. at first base. Yeah. They just got better. I'm big time. Yeah, Abreu over Gurriel's a, a big huge. improvement. Yeah. It's a huge improvement offensively. Yep. Yeah. Big Even time. though I like Gurriel for the Marlins, but it's a you know it's a different right. different team. Okay. I like the Yankees to win it all. Number twenty eight. Um, I just feel that. This, this this is their year, you know. Like you said, judge, judge, <laughs> every year's their year. Judges coming off. I mean, uh, that, that pressure at the end must have not been easy, man. Of course, he hit sixty two, and in the playoffs, he just felt like it, it, he just like spent his whole mm-hmm. energy yep. <laughs> in the regular he, season. He was beat. He was beat. He yep. was beat. Yep. And I think you have Harrison Bader for well, almost an entire year because he's injured now. You have Rodon, which is a solid number two. Lemayhu back. We got Lemayhu injured back. as well, but you know Lemayhu's like healthy. Lemayhu's healthy. You have your short. Harrison Bader is a very impact player for the Yankees. That they were lacking that guy, that speed, the guy that can bun, hit behind runners, energetic. So I think the Yankees, you know, they're gonna make a run. I don't know they'll win it, but they'll make a run. And, and final prediction before we go: Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis? <sighs> Easy money, Tank Davis. Knockout <laughs> ninth round. I'm going Tank Davis, knockout, eighth round. But Ryan, know, Gar- but, but Ryan, Ryan Garcia is going to be in the fight. I, that that fight is probably, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, uh, the fight I've been looking the most forward to. Main reason being because it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Because if you had to tell me Two which, young one, champions. Are you, which one are you looking forward to, mm-hmm. Heck, for the last, I don't know how many years I've been looking forward to Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, and it's not going to happen. Let me ask you a question. So, Unbelievable. neither of these two kids, like, I remember, I'm again, I don't know boxing like you guys, but I remember always the fight's not happening, and then no, this guy's going to fight this guy first. Like, it seemed like people didn't want to fight each yeah. other. Even it's like rare. It's very, out, I mean, Armando would tell you, it's, it's rare very now. rare to see yeah. two young champions undefeated fight this early in their career but what i'm saying is that both of them wanted to fight yes, yes. See, that, they called each other me, out and they made it happen that, that to me is just big, uh, and what I, are they making on this what, what's the, the well i don't know i don't know what the what the purse is but i know that pay-per-view is 84.99 so it's <laughs> I'm, huge I'm paying you, man. I, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be we'll yeah. Buy, I'll, buy. I'll be in vegas for that they're already sold out the arena sold out. It's the most anticipated fight for a long time, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Look, and I'll, I'll give I'll give props, man, because for for every Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford that you have, and there are plenty of these guys because of promotional issues or mm-hmm. for whatever issues, don't end up fighting. Uh, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather taking a long so time long, to happen. Yeah. There's always the De La Hoyas and Trinidad's people that want to fight like that. All those guys in the lightweight division ish, one. From 130 junior lightweight to 140 junior welterweight, mm-hmm. they're showing a willingness to fight. When when Tofimo Lopez called out Lomachenko, I was like, holy crap. Wow. I'm huge. like, he's not ready. He won the fight. Yeah. Because they fought. Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia have been going at it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, like this fight wouldn't have been as big as it is now. It's a big fight now. You have Shakur Stevenson, you know, calling people out. Monster. I think that guy's gonna nobody wants to fight him. I love Shakur Stevenson. I think he beats them all. Yep. And now you have Devin Haney fighting Lomachenko. Yes. May so 20th. all those guys are fighting each other. That's what I grew up mm-hmm. with. I grew up with the four kings, Duran, Hearns, Hagler, and Leonard. All those guys. You know why I'm on the, I think that boxers have realized that get if you lose, it's not just a big deal when you're putting on these big fights. Back then, they I think they were protecting that zero loss more than anything, so they were okay not by fighting the big fights. These guys are like, now nah, you know what? We're gonna fight the big and fights. And we're I, gonna make the money. We're gonna showcase, and we're gonna give the fans what they want. But I think the guy that changed that was Floyd Mayweather because Floyd Mayweather, 
he he was all about the zero, all about the zero. I never lost, I never lost, I never lost. And a lot of these kids wanted to emulate mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather. Oh, there's nothing wrong with losing. Like Mikey said, you, you learn more in your losses than you do in your wins. Yep. You win, 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 and then you fight a guy that 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 has your number, and you're you're done. Yep. You know, Freddie Pendleton was one of my favorite fighters. Guy from Miami, the guy when he won his first world title had about twenty something losses, but the twenty something losses were against like Pernell Whitaker. He's uh, fighting, bro. He's he was fighting. He was scrapping a bunch of other guys, and then he finally won his title against Tracy Spann, and then he continued just fighting yep. the the big dogs. You know, um, that's why Armando, I love Canelo. He rises to the challenge. At Put twenty, me, at twenty three, fought Floyd Mayweather. Yes, I mean, who would have done that? Think about it. Who would have fought Mayweather at that moment in his career when Canelo was on his way up? He didn't need to fight Mayweather. He knew he was probably going to lose, but he fought him, and he is he steps up to the challenge. He doesn't back down from anyone. That's why I love him. I mean, I respect him. Look, and he fought Dimitri Bivol. He <laughs> lost, but one hundred and seventy five pounds. But he still. One of the biggest guys in, mm-hmm. in boxing. There's no shame in losing, man. Muhammad Ali lost five, six times in his career. Yep. People think, oh, Ali the greatest. Oh, he never lost. No, he lost. Yep. He lost. Joe Frazier knocked him on his ass yep. in that first fight, and he and he beat him by decision. There was a lot of other controversial fights that Ali probably should have lost. Sugar Robinson lost mm-hmm. a bunch of times. All these guys lost fights. And I think that boxers are now realizing that, and that's... That's going to impact the sport even more because now you're going to see the really good fights that you weren't seeing before. So we need that. We, we need big back. fights. We need big fights. We, man. we need big fights. Big and fights. after Canelo fights uh, John Ryder, I want him. I want him to fight David Benavides, who beat Caleb. Plank I think. This weekend. I think he fights Vivol in September. I, I see him fighting because he wants again. that rematch yeah. at 168. I don't and see him he, beating Bivol. That's going to be hard. But it's but tough. I never bet against Canelo. That's my guy. And then I think he'll find Benavides in May. Of 24, Cinco de Mayo. And listen, a lot of people, Canelo's still young. 30. But he started fighting professionally mm-hmm. at 15 years old. Yeah. One of who wanted to fight Messi the other day. With yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Man, yeah, that was pretty awesome. funny. Was yeah. funny. Mikey, so going, spinning back around to baseball real quick, let's go into youth baseball. <laughs> you got two boys in the academy. Yep. You got, you got one of them is an eight and under. He's playing on mm-hmm. our beginners, nine and under in yep. Palmer Park. And you have uh, Santa, who was our T-ball MVP last nice. season. That's playing in 6U right now. Mm-hmm. They're not on the best teams, okay? And I've had extensive conversations with you about this, bro, because I, I go to the games and I see you and you're watching the game. You're just watching the game, bro. Of course. And after the game, you tell them you, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, blah, 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 blah. But you're not concerned about the wins and losses. Absolutely not. Give me, give me your thoughts and your take on, on what – we're doing as a program, my communication with you, how it's been, because I've always called you up, be like, Mike, yep. this is where we're at. Mike, I think where we lose sight is parents. Parents don't really, that don't understand the development of these kids. They don't get what it needs to get done to get your kid to be the best at what he does. What do I do? I just want to see my son play, have fun, smile, come home and get on the car and talk. Parents believe for some reason that all their kids are going to play in the major leagues. <laughs> and it's not going to yep. happen. It's just not a fact of life. You know, I've had parents that have asked me, hey, you know, I know you're in the baseball world. What do you do? I go, me? If my son is happy, I'm happy. And if he wants to play something else tomorrow, I'll put him whatever he wants to do. I am not that kind of parent because I know the business and I know what it takes. 
some parents don't understand. Diamond Dreamers is a great place because it's an academy. They learn the fundamentals. They're, you know, they're playing with their teammates. They're having fun. They're enjoying it. There's no, we want to win, 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 win. No. Like I told you, you learn more from losing than winning. And, I mean, there's been parent, coaches from other teams, hey, bring your kid here. I go, no, I'm loyal. That's me. That's what I teach my kids. That's what I want them to be when they have their kids, to be loyal. And I teach them that early, my old kids and my young ones. And some parents don't understand what it takes, what it's about. Because when you get into the real world, you're going to have to compete. Because in the real world, you have to compete. When you get to Miami, when you get to Vanderbilt, when you get to LSU, you're going to compete. When you go play minor league ball, you're going to compete against everybody in the world. Mikey, being in the business, being around major leaguers, the elitist, the elitist, Mm -hmm. the elitist, you want your kids to have fun, enjoy the game, learn the game. But what are your expectations, for example, when they go to their games and they go to their practices? What do you expect from them as as young baseball players playing a game? The hustle, the the. What, tell me, tell me you your know expectations. What I, you know what I ask my kids. What's I, a successful day for you? Showing up to the park for warm so up in the game. What's a successful for me, day for you? For me, unfortunately, I'm out a lot, so I haven't been able to go to a lot of the practices because I'm out. But I call them every night and I go, what you learned today? Tell me what you learned. No, I learned this. And how does this apply to the game? And, and they tell me. And then I explain to them why you learned this, why coach told you to do this. And there's a reason why. So I want them to understand the game mentally and why Coach Mike or the other coaches are teaching him to do this. And that's what it's about. It's about development. And up here, baseball's up here. And that's what, it, that's what it's supposed to be about. It's not about winning. It's not. And, and parents, you know, I hear them because we don't have the best team and the 9U. I go, guys, it's not about that. It's about having fun and making sure that your kids are here, talking to other kids, making friendships, learning how to work together as a team, as a unity, to accomplish something, to score a run. For them, it's huge. That's what it's about. You're building character for the future because not all of them are going to play in the major leagues. They're going to be doctors. They're going to be engineers. They're going to do other stuff. But this is a foundation to help them and teach them how to work with other people. No, and building friendships, just improving. Y- yesterday in practice, they were doing uh, this drill at the end of the practice mm-hmm. where I was, was I was hitting a ground ball the short. No, I'm sorry, the third. They were throwing it to the second baseman. Second baseman at second was throwing it to first. And then the shortstop would come in. First baseman would throw it to the shortstop. Shortstop would throw it to four. And it was fun because, man, those kids were balling yesterday. Like, like just learning where one was, two, three, four, the way they turned, the way they use your body, there were so many good things that Mikey, happened. Mikey, listen, if I can give you an advice as a friend, make it fun. Make it fun. These kids get a lot of pressure from outside sources, from school, parents. Yeah, we got to keep a G with them there. Yes, make it fun. Make sure they like you. Yes, make you know it what fun. I mean? the parents, uh, like, whatever. Yeah, make sure the like, kids like you. Make sure you. that when they step on that field, wow, I'm going to play baseball and I'm going to have fun. And that's what I want my boys to take from this. Because life is too short, man. We got to enjoy it. And that's that's what I want to, that's what mentality I, I preach to them. Have fun. Enjoy it. And you know what I liked about that and drill? They're both, they're that, both uh, great kids, yeah, man. Yeah. They're great kids. What I liked about that drill was that, you know, the and I loved it because I was sitting you know, in the, in the bleachers by, by first base, actually standing because it was DD Park. And and I, we were all cheering the kids like, hey, this guy, great thrower. But it was awesome. 
some months ago, man, those kids couldn't, couldn't do, that. do that. Couldn't do you that. Don't have doesn't that feel so good to much, see man. that, the development? I mean, I think as a coach, like when Mike gets these kids and I mean, I remember at the beginning of the year, we were not that good last year. Yeah. And as the games, you know, in the practice, they got better and, the better and better and they got to the championship. And it was just because the kids believed in the in the system and what they were being taught and they were executing and they were learning and yeah. they were being, do, do it over and over. They're, they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a conversation, I think, with you today and a couple of parents. Um, and, you know, I was telling them that the improvements for me, what I've seen with the T-ball division this year, when contact was made, the way the kids are reacting to the ball now, as soon as contact's made, they weren't doing that six weeks ago. You know, the way they're attacking balls, they weren't doing that six weeks ago. The way they're going after balls, they get by them on a full sprint, they weren't doing that six weeks ago. Yep. You know what I mean? So those, you know, rounding second when the ball's in the outfield without having to look at the coach, knowing that you can go, like, I've seen those things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've seen kids. Your son the other day, he was running, what, to third, and then the no, ball's a in front a of him. AJ, my AJ, your my nephew. Godson. And then he turned around, he went back to the base, like... Dude, those are the takeaways the that, I, that I take, especially at those age, those younger levels. You know, once we get to the tenues, stuff like that, yeah, the older kids, they have kid an pitch, idea. Then, yeah, you want to start winning because winning kind of fixes a lot of things. But, you know, the younger divisions, man, like, uh, I'm ecstatic. Like, I left practice yesterday because, and I wanted to give a shout out to my staff because, you know, with the 17 teams and all the groups that we have, I'm not around at every practice. You know, I, I try to do the best I can every day to academy games. Like today, I actually was able to do everything. Believe it or not, I did cages. I did the games. I went to DD Park. We're doing the podcast. Um, but, you know, me running that practice yesterday after leaving it in the staff's hands for however long that I haven't seen done that, it's been like four or five weeks, man, I left here like pounding my chest, man. Like yeah. these guys are doing a fucking great job. Like these I, coaches, I so. they're there. So. Yeah. They're, 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 they're giving a great job when I'm not there. I get good reports. I don't get complaints. And then when I ran practice yesterday and I took it to them because that's what I thought I did. The kids were, the kids were great. Yeah. Kids are great. And my staff, you know, if you guys are listening, I want you guys to know, I think you guys are doing Look, a fantastic job. I, I, I believe, Armando and Mike, that if parents would just sit back and just enjoy their kids, they will have more fun and more success and the kids and the will, kids will get more. better. Of course. I, I don't say nothing to my boys. All I tell them is hustle. That's it. Have fun. And, you know, I, I hear parents scream at kids because they're not hitting. Guys. It's hard. Hitting is one of the, hitting is the hardest thing to do in any sport. And it's they, they just don't get it because they never played. Man, I hope they're listening. We're gonna have to advertise this <laughs> big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey, we're gonna wrap up, man. But thank hey, you, thank, thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank oh you for man, thank you for coming us. out, man. This was a lot of fun, and and dude, have fun at that fight. Yes, I wish I was there. Send us some pictures. I will. I will. Absolutely. This has been Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In, Episode Twenty Eight. See you next time. <laughs>